Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Kate Fakaronga mai koe ki to tato al horihori. Hey hotaka e panaki to tato al fanui. You're with Our Changing World on RNZ National. And now, more than a quarter of a million people in New Zealand suffer from diabetes. Diabetes causes many health problems, among them heart disease. Now, while sugar, especially glucose, is well known in relation to diabetes, less well known is the impact of another sugar, fructose. Camilla leads the Cellular and Molecular Cardiology Lab at the University of Auckland. She suspects fructose plays a key role in diabetic heart disease, and she has funding from the Health Research Council to investigate. Diabetes is a big problem in New Zealand. As we're becoming more and more aware, I think, that uh, we have a very high prevalence of diabetes that is on the rise. And the angle that we're quite interested in is that diabetic patients have a lot of complications, and one of those is their heart problems. So they're very susceptible to heart disease, to a disease of the heart muscle called cardiomyopathy and heart failure. So we're interested in understanding, well, why is there that increased risk? You know, what's the susceptibility there? And can we treat it better so that there can be better outcomes for these patients? So diabetes and sugar, there's quite a link there? There is a link between sugar intake and uh, diabetes and cardiovascular disease. And I think there are a lot of gaps in the in the field about really understanding what those links are and how solid they are um, from population studies looking at dietary intake and prevalence of diabetes or problems with insulin sensitivity in particular. So there is a lot more to be known, but I think so far there are, the evidence is pointing in that direction, especially with the link between sugar and cardiovascular disease is quite strong. Yeah. There's obviously lots of questions, but are there things that we do already know? We know that from a clinical perspective, diabetic patients will have a rather unique type of heart complication. So they can be quite susceptible to problems with how the heart is contracting and how it relaxes between beats. So for every cardiac cycle, so for every beat of the heart, the heart needs to contract to get the blood out into the circulation to uh, fuel the body. But uh, between beats, it needs to relax as well. It needs to open up so that the heart can fill with blood before the next beat. And what it seems to be quite prevalent in diabetes is that the heart can't open up properly. So it can't fill with enough blood, which means that there's not enough blood there to pump out for the next beat. And if that gets really severe, that can become a heart failure type scenario. And that's called diastolic heart failure, simply because it occurs during what's called the diastolic period of the heart. So this link between diabetes and heart disease, is it all kinds of sugars? Well, there's different perspectives on it, I think. You know, we can take the perspective of dietary sugar and then that leading to diabetes or heart failure. And 
that could be sort of tied up in uh, is it just about eating extra calories and then gaining weight which then is obviously a risk factor for diabetes or could it be the fructose or the sugar itself that's doing something what our studies are all about is looking at the fructose sugar molecule so getting right down into the molecular level we want to know whether fructose itself can get inside the heart muscle cells and can it do something in there? Can it change the way that they function? Perhaps be actually underlying some of those problems that are so prevalent in diabetic hearts. So the way that we can look at that is try and understand, well, what is the exposure of the heart to fructose? And there are some data out there about circulating or blood levels of fructose increase in diabetic patients. And that's not that well sort of appreciated, I think. Mostly we hear about blood glucose levels that increase with diabetes, and that's actually used to diagnose the diabetes in the first place, and hyperglycemia is the main appreciated problem with diabetes. But, um, yeah, the sort of less well-known area is that fructose levels also increase, not as much as glucose, but there is a case to say that actually the heart is being exposed to more fructose and it's not well known about what that fructose actually does and maybe it can actually have quite a big effect on how the heart functions. In diabetes, the way that the heart transports sugar into the cells is impaired and that's called insulin resistance because it's not responding to the insulin hormone to open up the transporters to bring glucose in. So what we think could be happening is that when the cells are not able to transport that glucose in effectively, maybe it switches to another type of sugar and it might sort of reach out for whatever other sugar source is available and if there's fructose there, it could bring the fructose in, which may be more damaging than glucose in the cell. So just remind me, glucose versus fructose? Sure. Fructose is the most sweet of all the different types of sugar, so it's actually sweeter than glucose. Sucrose is a form of sugar which is a glucose and a fructose molecule joined together. And that's the type of sugar that we would be most used to eating. Uh, Table sugar, for example, or what you might put in your baking is uh, usually sucrose. And so we can get access to, or we can be ingesting fructose from the sucrose molecule, or some foods actually have fructose on its own as well. So we are ingesting a range of different sugar molecules all the time, um, but fructose is kind of a big part of that, and mostly we'd be getting that through the sucrose sugar. And people... I think would probably think that fructose comes from fruit, but it's not just from fruit? Yes, well, it is certainly found in fruit, and I think that's where it has become well-known as the fruit sugar, for example. But actually, if you had an apple or something, the concentration of fructose there is less than if you had a chocolate bar. But you would be getting fructose from both. So it's all put in perspective that certainly it's found in fruit, but not at those high concentrations that we'd be getting in fizzy drink and chocolate bars and that kind of thing. So fructose is a corn syrup thing as well? Yes, in the States they have what's called high fructose corn syrup. And some of our foods here might contain some of that if we've imported it from the States, but it's not as big an industry here as it is in, in the States where they actually create this sugar syrup which has fructose in it. And they call it high fructose corn syrup, but really it's about, I think they have two types of 55% or 65% of fructose. And the rest would be glucose. So it's not actually that dissimilar to a sucrose molecule anyway. Yeah. 
So anyway, fructose in the heart, what are you doing? How are you going about investigating it? We're really excited about our preliminary data because it's pointing us in the direction that really fructose might be quite reactive in the heart, in the cell. Um, we've shown that if you have some cells, some heart muscle cells in culture and you add fructose to that culture environment, the cells will behave quite differently. It's very clear that the fructose can get into those cells and it changes the way that they contract and relax, which is important again for linking it back to a diabetic heart situation. And so what we want to do now is look at if we can manipulate those fructose transporters or manipulate the metabolic pathways that handle the fructose in the cell, then we can see the cause and effect relationship. So to try and narrow it down into, yes, fructose is having a direct effect versus maybe it could just be influencing something else and then that has the, the ultimate outcome. And to do that, we can use uh, various gene editing tools, which uh, is a great way to be able to edit the uh, genetic makeup of the cell to knock out or remove a transporter for fructose. So the fructose can't get in, and does that then cancel out the effects that that fructose was having in the first place? Um, that then tells us that it is uh, a fructose effect rather than something else. That's working with heart muscle cells. Yes, and we're really fortunate to also have some human heart tissue that is from diabetic patients who have had a cardiac surgery. So there are various types of surgeries where to instrument the heart to do the surgery in the first place, they need to remove a tiny amount of heart tissue. And we can then have that sent to us and we can do experiments on it to find out what is happening with the fructose uh, in, that, in that tissue, what are the sort of molecular pathways doing, how are they handling that, that sugar. And what's been quite exciting for us in looking at this from a different perspective is understanding how reactive fructose is from a chemistry point of view. It's actually far more reactive than glucose and it can bind to proteins and change the way that they're structured and the way that they function. So proteins are really the key building blocks of the cell and they require very perfect alignment and interaction with each other to perform the overall function of the cell. So if fructose comes along and binds to a protein in this process called glycation, so it literally uh, is like adding a sugar onto the the protein, and it can then not perform its function as effectively. So we're looking at that right down at that molecular level because bringing that back to a big picture perspective, if the problems with heart relaxation or the problems with the ability of the heart to fill properly during the cardiac cycle comes down to something right inside the cell, which is because the proteins that enable that cell to relax have been glycated and now can no longer move properly because they need to move between each other to get that relaxation happening, then maybe that's a good place to target a treatment so that you can prevent or uh, reverse that type of abnormality that's happening and actually target the disease at the source rather than the sort of current situation is we can alleviate the symptoms but we don't understand how it's going wrong, so we can't target the source of the disease. Well, that sounds very promising, but having worked at a cellular level, you obviously need to scale up a bit. So where are you going now yes. with the research? Yes, so we can look at the whole heart from our experimental studies. We can 
take a whole heart from a mouse or a rat and look at how that functions in response to fructose and glucose and manipulate the different pathways using our gene editing techniques. And that's going to provide some good mechanistic data. And we can also look at the influence of dietary fructose in that situation as well. So then scaling up to the clinical samples that I mentioned, that's going to be really where we can validate all of those experimental studies in a clinical situation. Now the one thing I'm thinking that if I was a member of the public and I had diabetes and I was listening to this, my response might be to go, oh that's fine, I just need to eat less fructose. Mm-hmm. But it's not as simple as that. (laughs) It's not as simple as that. I think certainly there is a case for reducing sugar intake in the population to then reduce risk factors for these um, diabetes and heart disease. Another angle on it that we're interested in is that there's a process in the cell which can produce fructose. So even if the fructose is not coming from the diet, it may actually be coming from inside the cell. And there are some new data about how that process is really active in diabetes. That At this stage, that's still at the experimental level, but we'd quite like to take that into our clinical samples and see if that's the case there too. That was Kim Meller from the Department of Physiology at the University of Auckland. That's all for now, but you can stay in touch with us on Twitter and Facebook. We're RNZ Science. Kia ora mai. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.